Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Jadava Show. This is Jacob Valliere. It is Friday. It is March the 31st, I believe, the final day of March 2023. Glad to have you with us. It has been a minute. It's been a month and a half and uh, since the Super Bowl, right? Month, month and a half, I believe, yeah. Uh, so it's been a while. Um, nothing really has happened. Sports world keeps on rolling. March Madness, crazy. Uh, baseball is back. Yesterday was opening day. Uh, hockey and NBA, NHL and NBA have just rolled on through, and the NFL offseason's been going on. So uh, a lot that um, has gone on. I'm not going to catch up on everything today. Uh, great show. We got a uh, great topic coming up. We actually have a very special friend of the show. Uh, Sarah Wojcik will be tuning in in a little bit. Um, we have our annual Caps interview, so you're going to want to stick around to listen to that. Um, the big news that everybody, that it's, you know, it's been dominating this show, it's been dominating my mind for the longest period of time, but it's been the Dan Snyder news of selling the team, and it just feels like realer and realer. The closer we are getting, it just feels like this is really going to happen. Well, Adam Schefter, who is the probably the most reliable source in all of the NFL. I mean, they, they there's nothing he says that doesn't ultimately happen. It either happens or it's already happened or it will happen. And um, when he says something, it's probably going to happen. Uh, so anyway, over the weekend uh, or, or earlier this week was the NFL owners meetings. And uh, that's a lot of Owners all get together, the coaches, the GMs, everybody. There's a lot of insiders trying to get information, trying to get leaks. The owners know a lot, so does the commissioner. A lot gets leaked, a lot we figure out over the course of that time period when the owners meeting happens, about three days long. And uh, this is probably the big owners meeting because it's right in the beginning of free agency. It's a month before the draft. Uh, it's the off season. A lot of stuff is going on uh, and a lot of stuff gets revealed. And over that time that the owners were meeting, two tweets from Adam Schefter came out. The first one, the Josh Harris slash, slash Mitchell Rails group, which now includes Magic Johnson, officially has submitted a fully financed bid that meets Dan Snyder's $6 billion asking price per source. If accepted, this deal would break the previous record sale for a franchise set last August when a group led by Walmart heir Rob Walton bought the Denver Broncos for $4.65 billion. So that was the first tweet. The second tweet, uh, this is from at Adam Schefter on Twitter. Schefter goes, Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos also has submitted a fully funded $6 billion offer for the commanders, sources tell me and Brian Windhorst. With two groups known to have submitted bids, there is a growing belief a purchase agreement could be in place by the NFL draft. So those were the two big stories that came out um, earlier this week. And another guy that's sort of been trying to break news but has not been the most reliable has been Charles Gasparino. He's uh, at C. Gasparino on Twitter. He's on Fox Business Network, um, and he's been tweeting here and there about the uh, sale, and he tweeted, four, this is four hours ago, this is being recorded about one o'clock Eastern time on March 31st, four hours ago, Charles Gasparino tweets, breaking, latest from inside the Dan Snyder camp on sale of at Commanders is that they are aiming for $6 billion sale and again have no problem with a Jeff Bezos bid. Snyder will not reject a Bezos offer because he understands his role with the Washington Post does not involve editorial. That's been the big debate. That's been the big story that uh, Snyder would not sell to Bezos because uh, Bezos owns the Washington Post. The Washington Post has broken all of these awful stories about Dan, and he wouldn't want to sell because he's one of those greedy guys, you know, billionaire drama. Uh, I've always called bullcrap on that. Um, I don't know if I've ever spoken about it on this show, but I have spoken to people that I know and trust that there is no way that Dan would reject a $7 billion offer from 
Jeff Bezos uh, because Jeff Bezos has the most money. He's one of the top 10 richest people on the planet. He would have more than enough money to buy the team in cash, uh, get a new stadium financed, uh, and attract big stars. And uh, again, I think this is a situation where Jeff Bezos, it really just comes down to does he really even want the team? Um, and we've seen, we've heard reports that Bezos says, hired people to look into a potential bid. Uh, he's been sidelined. There's been a lot of deception uh, from the media, and this is to be expected. There's Whenever there's something big like this, a big purchase like a NFL team, there's always going to be drama, and there's going to be conflicting reports. The New York Post and Charles Gasparino, who works for Fox Business Network, basically Fox News, they have sort of leak Dan Snyder's side of things, and they have mostly been negative towards uh, the buyers, the bidding, the numbers. You know, they, they every time a bid number comes up, one of those outlets that is controlled by Dan Snyder comes out, and, and by the way, excuse me for sounding nasally, I've been dealing with allergies. When anything on those sides comes out on Dan, it's always, well, the numbers aren't coming in as Dan wanted, and, uh, you know, they, they would really like to get to $6 billion. Uh, but then the Washington Post, the uh, well ESPN, and front office sports, who has been a big player in all of this, they have sort of been the uh, leak for the bidders and for the NFL owners, uh, the other NFL owners. And so I have, you know, it's it's hard to like, what do you, who do you believe, right? Who do you, who would you believe out of those two groups? For me, I would tend to side with the to err on the side of the other owners and the bidders because Dan Snyder just wants to up the price. Uh, but he is pretty desperate to sell this thing. Um, from sources I've heard, um, and I do have sources on this, so I'm not, this is not me just pretending to have sources. I do. Dan is not selling this team because he's being forced out. I'm going to say that again. Dan is not selling because he's being forced out. Dan Snyder is selling the commanders because he wants to sell them. Um, and the reason being, this is just not gone as how he wanted. He's owned the team for almost a quarter century. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates his family. Uh, they don't feel comfortable in this area anymore. They have moved on. They've moved to England. There's not a trace of them left at the organization at the headquarters in Ashburn. They're done. They're gone. Um, you've got people on the record at the owners' meetings. You had President Jason Wright. You had Coach Ron Rivera talking about, we're just excited for the sale to be completed. Uh, that doesn't sound like people that are not sure if a sale will even happen. It will. Uh, Jason Wright has told you, a sale's going to happen. I don't know what else Dan and Tanya need to do to let everybody know that they're selling the whole thing. Ron Rivera, I can't wait for this sale to be over. It's going to happen. I just We're just waiting it out. I don't know what, and I agree with him. I don't know what else they need to prove to the rest of us that they're selling this thing. Uh, the league wants them to sell. Roger Goodell wants them to sell. The 31 other owners want them to sell. So that's one thing. The publicity around him and his ownership of the team have been all time awful. Yeah. The media, the fans, obviously we all known that for years, but they want him to sell. I think his kids and his wife want him to sell. I heard that it was week seven against the Packers at FedEx Field. They did a tribute to you know, breast cancer awareness. And Tanya Snyder, who's Dan's wife, is a breast cancer survivor. And she was honored. You know, the, the PA people at uh, FedEx Field said, everybody give a round of applause for our uh, co-CEO and owner, Tanya Snyder, breast cancer survivor. And instead of a standing ovation, she got booed out of the building. And I think that's a huge turning point. They were like, hey, th this has got, there's no, there, we have reached the point of no return with these, with this city, with these fans. You look around the stadium, the stadium's half empty and the people that are there are there for the other team. It's staring right at them in the face. They've got investigations of legal wrongdoings with the organization. Um, other owners have leaked that they're not happy with them. 
and now they've sold their home in uh, Potomac, Maryland. They have cleared out of the facilities. They have given tours of for prospective buyers. They have accepted bids. Uh, they have basically moved to England. Uh, they're done. Every if they returned, it would be the upset of the century if Dan and Tanya Snyder were the owners of this team next year. Now I know they're holding out. They want their money. They want their six or seven billion. I don't think they're getting seven billion, but they're getting six. I, I, I'm, I think they'll get six. And I honestly, at this point, if you would have asked me last week, I would have said Josh Harris is probably going to be the guy. I don't think Steve Apostolopoulos is a serious contender. A Mitchell uh, or a Tillman Fertitta, uh, owner of the Rockets, uh, I don't think he's a legitimate player either. I think this comes down to Josh Harris or Jeff Bezos. And Bezos or a Harris will only get the team if Bezos doesn't want it. If Bezos wants it, I really do think he's getting it. Um, obviously, Josh Harris, he owns the 76ers. He owns the, the uh, New Jersey Devils of the NHL. He's a guy that has ownership experience. Jeff Bezos doesn't, but he just has a ton of money. Uh, and I think a, a lot of fans have sort of started this whole well, I'd prefer Bezos because, you know, he's got money for this and that. And then you got fans that are like, well, I prefer Josh Harris. He's got ownership experience. And then people, I prefer not Jeff Bezos because he's this. He's basically going to be Dan Snyder 2.0. By the way, I doubt that. Uh, and I don't want Josh Harris because look at how unsuccessful the Devils have been in his time there and the 76ers have been in his time there. Let's all take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, deep breath. Who would you rather have, Josh Harris or Dan Snyder? Who would you rather have, Jeff Bezos or Dan Snyder? Who would you rather have, Steve Apostolopoulos or Dan Snyder? Let's keep in mind that Dan Snyder is literally Lucifer incarnate on Earth. And I hate to sound so bold and outlandish, but Dan Snyder is a despicable, awful human being with zero redeemable qualities. He has no friends because everybody in his life hates him. He married a supermodel, and anytime a supermodel marries a billionaire, you know it's because of the money, not because they actually love each other. Uh, they have kids that I'm sure resent their father for being one of the most hated men in the history of the East Coast, for all we know. Um, he has no real friends. He has no allies. He's an awful person. The only people that have ever liked him or shown him respect are the people that he's paying a lot of money to. Uh, and so, listen, I don't care who buys this team. If it's Josh Harris, if it's Jeff Bezos, I don't care. Because whoever buys this thing, whoever buys this thing is going to be a real competent person that can own an NFL team, that can own a sports franchise. Jeff Bezos could buy the RFK site for pennies on a dollar with what basically he's worth. Josh Harris can figure out something. He's got Mitchell Rails, a, a prominent billionaire in the, in the city of D.C. He can work something out. The, the stadium will happen. The league wants it to happen. The league will let it happen. Okay? Just be happy that Dan Snyder is leaving. Dan Snyder will no longer be associated with your favorite football team. Everything Dan Snyder ever did, that's a memory now. That's not reality anymore. And so it's done. It's over. Just get that through your head. In the coming month or two, it will be over. I'm not going to take victory laps because I'm not going to until there's a new owner sitting in his office at Redskins Park or uh, Commander's Park in Ashburn. All right. I'm not taking any victory laps until that happens. But when it does, you will hear me on this very podcast making that victory lap. All right. So anyway, it's it's exciting. I, I, of course, I will have a celebratory podcast when the moment is right. But right now, it seems like it's here. It's it's happening. It's coming, and we just got to sit back and let it happen. Um, another thing, real quick, before we get to you know Sarah's inter uh, our interview with Sarah, which I recorded last night. So I'll I'll kick it to myself uh, here in a second. But a big thing that's been going on. Um, Revolving the commanders offseason. Now that you know, we they went out and signed Jacoby Brissett to back up Sam Howell. They are out on Lamar Jackson. Everybody's upset about that. Listen, I co I totally get it. They're going through an ownership change. They've got a front office and ownership, uh, or a front office and coaching staff that may not be here a year from now because the new owners may come in and bulldoze this whole thing and get their people in. 
Uh, so I don't blame them for that. Uh, and I don't blame them for looking at Sam Howell and going into the season thinking this is a guy that can do something. He actually led us to a blowout win over Dallas, who was in the playoffs and was very close to making the NFC Championship game. Sam Howell beat the crap out of them and his only start at the end of the season without a lot of his linemen, a lot, or, or without his uh, tight ends really doing anything. Without a lot of guys on defense, he won by 20. I'm fine with Sam Howell. And by the way, Jacoby Brissett is not starting over Sam Howell, so everybody can just go to hell with that logic and idea. Sam Howell's the starter. Jacoby Brissett's backing him up. That's what's going to happen. And if that doesn't work, then Ron Rivera should just get fired anyway. And he will, by the way. So that's a storyline that I'm not really compelled by. Um, What I am compelled by is this conversation that... um, the commanders should change their name when a new owner comes in. And a lot of, I've seen it all over Twitter. A lot of people acting like the new owner is just going to want to come right in and change the name. I hate to break it to everybody that's listening to this when it comes to the name. Nobody really cares about this thing as much as you think they do. Like, people don't care about this name like you do. There is a very small you know, percentage of people. It's like politics. There's a silent majority and there's a very loud minority. And the loud minority is all your friends at work or family members or people on social media that post about politics angrily and and you see them at rallies. That's the minority of people. The majority of people don't care, don't voice their opinions and don't post on social media. And those are really who decides elections. Well, when it comes to this topic, I have noticed the majority of people that are Commanders fans don't really care that much about the name. I wouldn't care if the Commanders are the Commanders for the rest of time, as I am one of those people. I don't care. Now, people will say, well, well, this name, as Dan- this rebrand, as Dan Snyder written all over it, and we can't support anything that Dan Snyder did or is in favor of. Really? You mean how Dan Snyder was like the only person in the world it felt like, that supported the name Redskins for all this time. Nobody supported it, but he supported it. And then they changed it because he was basically pressured into it. And y'all hold that. Y'all don't care that Dan Snyder loved the name Redskins. Dan Snyder also rebranded the team, the Washington football team, and a lot of people really liked Washington football team. A lot of people that hate commanders liked Washington football team. Hello, idiots. That was Dan Snyder's, that, that was, he did that. That was his idea, Washington football team. But nobody hates that. You hate commanders because you wanted it to be Red Wolves or you wanted it to be the Red Tails or whatever, the Warriors, which I think would have been a stupid name, the Warriors. But you you wanted a certain name. You didn't get it. You didn't like commanders. I don't care. It didn't pull well. It's a name. Look around. I did this last year when they revealed the name. You can go back in time and listen to my podcast on the commander's name when it came out. It's a name. It's a name. Who cares? It's a stupid... Every team name is stupid. The 49ers, I know it has relevance to the city of San Francisco, but you named your team after a year? The Cleveland Browns named their team after a man, after Paul Brown. Not the color brown, after a person. Paul Brown, the founder, named the team after himself, and nobody cares that the name is Browns after Paul Brown. Or 49ers after a year. Or 76ers after a year. Nobody cares. You know why? Because it's been their name forever and everybody's just accepted it. Commanders is a real name. Who cares? In a few years, when this team has won a playoff game or two, hopefully in 10 years from now that's the case, then nobody will care about the name Commanders. And I guarantee you, at the top of the list of people that aren't going to care, it's going to be the new owner. You think the new owner cares? Why did the Redskins change their name in the first place? Because it was controversial. It was racist. And they wanted to change the name because they didn't like the bad press. Well, what's the bad press with the commanders? Some of the fans, like a small percentage of the fans, are staunchly against it because they are so infatuated with the old racist name that it was. Uh, Yeah, the new owner is not going to waste his time doing that. He's got other things to worry about. He's got other things to care about other than the fact that he's got a name that is perfectly fine. There's an airplane going on uh, right above me right now. It's a totally fine name. Look, I don't love it. It's not a name that I'm falling in love with, but I 
basically new. There's not a name that I'm going to love because that's just, it's a team name. Who cares? No, I remember back in the day, nobody liked the Wizards. And Ted Leonsis bought the team from Abe Pollen and people were petitioning. Come on, Ted, rename the team. The Wizards is stupid. And, and he didn't. They're still the Wizards today, and nobody's got a gripe about it. So everybody that cares about the name, just shut up and relax. Get over yourselves. This is the, what the name is going to be for years to come. You don't have to like it. Who cares about the name in general? It's a stupid name. If you're willing to sacrifice your fandom over a name, I don't know what to tell you. You're not. You were never a real fan to begin with because that's a very shallow reason to not care about a team. Um, I also see dum-dums out there that are like, hey, we should change the new name, or the new owner should change the name back to Redskins. Um, that will never happen. Uh, and if you think that, I have no reason not to believe that you're mostly an idiot for thinking that they would ever change the name back to the Redskins. They would need approval from the league. The league was dying to get rid of that name, and they have, and that name is gone forever. Who cares? It's a, it, it's a derogatory name against Native Americans. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I know Republicans all of a sudden, you know, or conservatives, every time they hear the word racist, they they roll their eyes because the Democrats overuse the word racist. Uh, Well, this name is racist. (laughs) The name Redskins was racist. And I don't care if Dan Snyder cherry-picked a specific group of Native Americans that that have no problem with the name. Most people do, okay? And so it's never coming back. I have plenty of shirts that say Redskins. I still wear them, but I am never, ever, ever going to expect them to go back to that name. And if they ever did, I think that would be a sign of the end times, personally. Uh, so anyway, that's my thoughts on the command, the state of the commanders. The new owners are coming in, and it is so close. We have Sam Howell as our quarterback, and the commander's name is never changing. So there you have it. All right, we are going to kick it over to... Sarah Wojcik, and uh, yeah, I guess I will just go ahead and kick it to myself uh, from last night's interview with Sarah. Okay, we have a very special guest, a recurring guest of the Jadava Show and a great friend of the Jadava Show. Uh, We are always so honored to have the wonderful Sarah Wojcik on the Jadava Show. Sarah, say hi to the people. Hey guys, thanks for having me, Jacob. Uh, of course. Uh, and when we say friend of the Jadava show, we don't take that lightly. So uh, that is about as big an honor as you could possibly get. So uh, congratulations on being such a good friend. <laughs> uh, so, gosh, long time, no talk. How are you doing? How's life up in the big city, a.k.a. Uh, Washington, D.C., for all those who don't know, one of our good friends of the show? um it's good life is good you know busy working um i'm living in arlington now so Mm -hmm. minutes from cap one which is a dangerous thing for my wallet Um, yep however it it's nice i think i've been to the most games this season out of every season so being so close it's it's nice but you know life is busy up here life moves fast in the dc area yep Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I. For those of you who don't follow Sarah on Instagram or anything or Snapchat, she is pretty much at every Capitals home game. Um, which, gosh, I'm so jealous. I I actually looked it up, and the last game, uh, last Capitals game that I went to, this is uh, pre-COVID, and it was November of 2019. It was the last time. <laughs> Last time I have stepped foot in Capital One Arena, it has been way too long. Um, but you get to go and rub it in my face like every week, so it's okay. Um, oh, you can just think about how broke I am because of it. That's a good point. Yeah, and you live in the D.C. area, which is the most expensive place to live. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I I was hoping that you would flex on me a little bit, but I actually just ended up flexing on you. So I'm sorry. Um, and by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. Honestly, you and Claire got to get up here for um, a game so we can break that that dry streak that you have going. What I keep saying, I, I, you know, Claire's never been to a game. She'd love to go, and so we'll uh, 
gosh, we, we kept saying all season this year, hey, we'll, we'll figure out a game to go to, and then it didn't happen. So we always got next year. Um, and then, by the way, Sarah faked not just me, but everybody out today um, posting about the Nats opening day. I could have sworn it was a picture of her being there. Um, and when we started talking just now before we started recording, I was like, how was the game? Uh, I didn't actually go. So there you go. Didn't That's true. Go. I that that was a faker. That was that was an old post from last season because just picture me and some of my friends. We we just lived in Nats games last year, and I am so excited um, to be back at Nats Park. But no, I was working in surgeries today, so yeah. I wish I was there. But you know, well, so do I. But some of us don't live ten minutes away. Um, <laughs> We also lost, so I mean... Well, yeah, this is being recorded on uh, Thursday, March 30th. Uh, The Nats played earlier today and got crushed by Atlanta 7-2. I literally told somebody last night who's a Braves fan that asked me, what's the score? What what do you think the score tomorrow will be? (laughs) I said 6-2. And they were like... No way! Yeah, I was like, 6-2 Braves because Corbin's going to cough up Four or five runs, and then the bullpen will hold it down the rest of the game. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not taking credit. It's just that just goes to show you how predictable this team is um, in the post soda, in the post World Series era. Um, so expect a lot of games like you saw today, Nats fans, uh, to look to happen the rest of the season. Um, True. <laughs> so, um, Good. Glad to hear you're doing well. Obviously, if you put your entire identity into Washington sports, which I know neither of us do, but if we did, this would be a horrible time to live. Uh, let's just recap before we go any farther, Sarah. So we got the, uh, the the Nationals, supposed to be one of the worst teams in baseball. Yep. The Capitals, supposed to be good. I mean, they went out and got, we'll talk about it, they went out and got Darcy Kemper, uh, Almost said World Series. A Stanley Cup winning goalie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they still have Ovechkin and Baxter, Moshi, Wilson, Carlson, all the all the normal guys that they've always had, the nucleus. Um, and the Wizards, and they stink. The Wizards are just stuck in average people land where, <laughs> you know, it's, Accurate. it's yeah. not no man's land, but it's like they can't. That they're just sitting there in the eighth or ninth seed in the East, which is like the perfect spot to just be mediocre forever. And that's where the Wizards are. That's where we live. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Commanders are the Commanders, but they're actually the main source of optimism in the city because they, they're they <laughs> selling the team and uh, we get to have the opportunity to actually, uh, you know, have some hope, which is rare for the football team around here or around yeah. D.C. Yeah. <laughs> Thought that the commanders were the one carrying us through. <laughs> I know it's my sports fandom has devolved into reading Washington Post and all these news outlets on you know the sale. Like, oh, what's going to happen with the sale? Um, I feel like I know more about how billionaires think than I ever have before. Which, gosh, <laughs> I can't wait for this thing to end. But um, oh, amen to that. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that later. But yeah, we're here to talk caps because we do that at least once a year and it's that time of year so the capitals are actually playing as we speak they're playing the tampa bay lightning and they uh, are currently trailing two to one uh craig smith just scored for the capitals it's the second about a minute and a half left in the second period um so they're playing right now their record going into the game is 34 32 and 9 um which is basically 34 and 41 because the nine at the end are also losses. I don't know why yeah. people don't think about that more. Um, but anyway, we suck. So I was hoping we'd get on here and talk about how, hey, the playoffs, like we do every year, you know, what, what, what's been like, the, in your opinion, the biggest issue that the Caps have had this season? I mean, there's been a lot, but... What's what's like the big difference between this year and previous years? Like, why is it different? I uh, do you want me to roll out the entire list because I mean, <laughs> um, it's it sucks this year. I mean, it, I mean, it sucked last year, so same thing. But the fact that we might not even get into the playoffs this year, like, and the last time we missed the playoffs was 
correct me if I'm wrong, like the 2013-14 season. Yeah, that's it's um, 10 years ago. Yeah, so... We were in that, middle school, just for perspective. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> to throw back a little bit, uh, yeah. yeah, we were in middle school. So the fact that we might be missing now is honestly just straight up disappointing. Um, I think coaching has a lot to do with that, Laviolette. Um, I think our injuries have a lot to do with that. I mean, we've had literally everyone that we love and care about hurt. You know, Baxter, Moshi, Wilson, Dowd, Carlson, Orlov, you know. Yeah, um, even though Vetchkin had his his father die, which, you know, I'll count as an injury because he missed a bunch of games. Yeah, exactly. And it's things like that that factor in in the long run um, when you're like, oh, so-and-so. Well, speaking of, Jacob, I don't know if you saw this because the game is on right now, but Oshie's out with an upper body injury for the rest of the game. So there you go. Uh, so Just nonstop. It never ends. No, it doesn't. But that's and part of – that, that plays in big time. Yeah, I mean, that's part of being one of the older team, I mean, the nucleus of this team is so old. I mean, you got yeah. Ovechkin who's thirty-seven, if I'm not mistaken. Backstrom's and Oshie are in their mid-thirties. You know, we always, th- I always picture Tom Wilson like he's young, but I mean, he's been on the team for like ten years. He's got to be in his thirties now too. Same with Carlson; he's been on the team since I was in freaking fifth grade. It feels like right, right. It, those guys are gonna get hurt. Well. Carlson, I'll give him an excuse. He got hit in the face by a puck. That's not yeah. being old. That's that anybody would have gotten hurt doing that. But right, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like Backstrom's got a bad hip. Oshie has a bad everything now. Um, Tom <laughs> no, Wilson, just bubble wrap him. Yeah, just bubble wrap everybody. But you sort of hit it on on the nose with with Laviolette. I I was very excited a couple years ago when we brought him in because world too. wait Stan, World Series Stanley Cup winning head coach of the. <laughs> Hurricanes, I think back in 06, um, yeah. my new local team, the Hurricanes, uh, they won the, won the Stanley Cup. He's been good. He was in Nashville. He's always had very good teams. But uh, this year, it's fallen apart. It's like the, the lines that he puts out there, even yeah, yeah. even today, tonight, uh, uh, second time in a row, Kemper – has yeah. been starting a back-to-back, which nobody does that. You would never start a goalie in back-to-back games because the physical taxing that that does to you. It's just there's one thing after another. It's just I don't understand it with him. I think he's gone at the end of the season. I think you already heard, um, was it uh, Brian McClellan uh, or somebody? No, he's the GM. Somebody in the Nats beat said that, uh, extension talks are not really going too well with uh with Olavi, so I yeah, would expect. I heard, I heard that. I know. Um, I mean, I think everyone has their own takes on Olavi. I think most people would agree to get him out of here. Fire. Well, I guess he wouldn't be fired because his contract's up, so we just want to extend. But I mean. Expect like tonight, great example. We played the Islanders last night, lost in shootouts, uh, and yep. that stinks because we just beat them recently. And you know, we were all like, "Yeah," you know. But right, well, and then to see him start Kemper again, like you're like, "What?" Like he just makes decisions. He puts out these lines where you're like, "What is he doing?" And yeah. it just it doesn't make sense. And I'm I'm totally ready to see him gone. Yeah, well, I think a lot of like. Uh, I think Jacob Vrana demanded a trade because Laviolette, yeah. he didn't like the Mount Laviolette was playing him. And Dmitry Orlov was upset that he wasn't playing some of the younger guys. Like, first of all, the Caps haven't had a coach that likes playing the young guys since, I mean, it's got to be since uh, Boudreaux. I mean, Trotz <laughs> never liked playing the, the young guys. Adam Oates yeah. didn't. Adam Oates, the last guy that not go to the playoffs as the head coach of the Caps, and he got fired. Uh, Reardon hated it. Well, Reardon was terrible, but Laviolette, he, I think he's just so, he's been coaching for like 20-plus years. Those guys are setting their ways. He's almost 60 probably. He just likes doing things the way he's always done them, and, uh, you know, I can't fault him for it, but at the same time, I think it's it's gotten to the point where oh. it would be best, I think, New direction. I don't know where you go. I, I'm not as familiar with the coaching carousel in hockey as I am like football, but 
you know, ever since we let Barry Trotz walk out the door without a contract extension, it's been Todd Reardon, Peter Laviolette, no playoff series wins since the year we won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's just frustrating. Yeah, that's so painful to think about. And, I mean, even, I don't know if you saw recently, it came out, um, Kuzi requested that trade yeah. two years ago under Laviolette and renewed the request again this season. And I'm like, honestly, like, I don't blame him. You know, he's trying to win a cup. And yeah. when you look your team right now, you're like, uh, <laughs> but like you're not winning a cup with us anymore. I know, but you always think the Caps are going to be one of those teams. It's just we've been so used to it for, like, the yeah. last 20, well, 15 years. It's been every year the Caps could win it this year. And, you know, I think with Kuzi, let's take a step back. Let's see how the offseason goes. If they yeah. fire Laviolette, bring in a coach that wants to cater to his skill set more. Um, and they make some moves in the off season, you know, I would, I would think he would probably rescind that. Um, but maybe what I would so this will sort of go into the next question I had, um, and I'll sort of answer it first, but I think the biggest surprise this season, you know, there's been a lot, I didn't expect Kemper hasn't played as well. I would have told mm-hmm. you the team didn't. Caps never have good defense because everybody's so old. Ovechkin doesn't even try to play defense anymore. Um, (laughs) I think the biggest surprise has been goaltending because it it, it was such a sore point. And you and I talked about it right here on this show last year, last, well, towards the end of last season. Like, okay, this team is close. They, They score more goals. I mean, they're top five in scoring in the NHL. They're, they just, they, don't play defense and they have horrible goaltending. And of yeah. course the guys that we had last year, you know, playing really well in their new teams. But I, I've just sort of been surprised at the way, you know, they've just been giving up a lot of goals this year. And that's, I mean, what's been, in your opinion, what's been the biggest surprise? Uh, I, I definitely agree with that because I, I would think, from literally our conversation last year about bad defense and bad goaltending you would think from year to year hopefully that would change but I'm surprised that we're in the same place Uh, with someone who just won his family cup like I I don't know I think that says a lot of things about our team um another surprise I think I would have to say surprise but also not is making these trades where we have you know some kind of emotional ties to yeah dimitri or love and hathaway Lars Eller. yeah like these guys that we love but honestly we're gonna have to see them go because we need to rebuild and i know it it's like really painful to think about because some of these guys won the cup with us and you don't want to see anybody you love go but also if we want to win another cup like they're old, so we need to rebuild with some younger players. And um, Ovi, while he's still kind of performing at this high level, we want to get that support in there because at this point, you know, I just want to see Ovi beat Gretzky. So yeah. I I am all for supporting him in any way we can. And I think we're going to have to say bye to a lot of people that we, we know and love. Yeah. So I feel like I've been conditioned on this because – the Nats just dismantled their World Series team literally in record time, yeah, um, and yeah, so, so fast. <laughs> ugh, so I'm used to it. But obviously, they're never going to trade Backstrom or Ovechkin or you know any of the main guys um, or Wilson or Oshie. But um, I think, yeah, no, I was surprised by the sell, the sell off too at the deadline. Like Lars Eller's tough because yeah, he scored the game winner in the Stanley Cup in Game Five of the Stanley Cup to win it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's obviously a big emotional connection there. Hathaway's mm-hmm. been great for us, and so is uh, Dmitry Orlov. Has spent <laughs> over ten years with the team, and you know a lot of the guys. You know, I always think immediately to like, well, what does Ovechkin think of that, or what does Backstrom think about that? Because those guys right. are, are all friends, especially Orlov, another Russian like Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I yeah, the goaltending's been surprising. The selling. Everybody at the deadline was yeah. really tough because that's just the side. But I would, what I would disagree with your phrasing, rebuilding. I don't think they're rebuilding. I think they're retooling, and, I, and everybody hears that 
that word, you know, get thrown around or the that differential. Yeah. Retooling is, you know, they, they're still going to try to – I think the Caps are going to try and compete to make the playoffs next year. Like, that, they're not rebuilding in that sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me. I think they are retooling because they got Sandine. They got, they got all these guys that are younger, faster, more skilled, I would say. Um, to try and fill the void. Now they they just don't have a lot of talent right now. On yeah. you know their defensemen are old, um, so they, you know, I think this off season it would be wise to for them to be big time players because they are. Gosh, I, I don't even want to say it, but they are going into the twilight years of Ovi and Backy, and uh, they got to make the most of it. And you're not going to make the most of it by. Standing around twiddling your thumbs, hoping you can sneak into the playoffs. Like you want to win another Stanley Cup. All the greats win multiple Stanley Cups. Novechkin's one of the greats. So it's, I think it's contingent upon everybody in that building to try and make one last push to win it, win it again. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I do agree with that. I guess rebuilding could be the wrong terminology here, but I think whatever you know, we we just have to look. To the future here, we have to think, okay, what is a good move for the team in a year? What is a good move for the team in two years? Um, because obviously, uh, we, I mean, we want to keep everyone that we love. Like, I, it was sad to see Eller go and, or, yeah. and to see them excel with like the Bruins. You're like, dang, that actually really hurt. Of course, yeah. It's painful, but we have to make these moves in order to step up our game here, which is clearly what we need to do with about to not even make the playoffs this year. I mean, that's yeah. honestly, it's kind of straight up embarrassing. Like It is when you got superstars and you miss the playoffs, it's embarrassing. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, how about yeah. it, it's just, yeah, it is. It, I'm glad you brought that up because there's nothing worse than Bostonians getting to enjoy it, more talent like Dmitry Orlov because uh, Bruins fans are the worst. We all know at least it's one. A knife t- Heart. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's, uh, what isn't, uh, you, you know, a, you, yeah, you know, a Bruins fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend is a big Bruins fan. Gosh. I talked to Boston in college, so. How does that even work? I, thankfully, my wife does not care that much about sports, so <laughs> I don't need to worry about having that kind of strife in our relationship, but what is. <laughs> It definitely does cause some strife. We're both competitive, <laughs> and him playing hockey in college, I think, makes it that much worse. But yeah. um, it yeah. does it does make for some good games. It some you know it spices it up a little bit. But someone always ends up with her feelings. It's usually me. <laughs> but well, uh, you know, we make it work. <laughs> have you guys gone to a Bruins Caps game yet? No, we haven't. We we really would love to, but being long distance, it's hard for us to get in the same area True. when the Bruins and Caps are playing. It's usually the middle of the week, so yeah. Hopefully, hopefully soon. I'm. I actually have a wedding up in Boston soon. That'll be my first time wow. up there. Awesome. So I I'm as much as I hate the sports teams, I am looking forward to visiting the city. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's a fun fact for everybody listening that may not have known. I was actually born in the great city of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and I could have been a fan of their sports teams, but I fought the urge. Uh, and <laughs> this, this podcast would have been way different. <laughs> this podcast would have just been me parading around. Oh, look at how great my teams are. Uh, not quite. Um, it's true. So I'm not exactly proud that I chose to stand my ground and whatnot. But you know what? I am kind of proud. You know what? I could have been just a front runner, but I'm not. So anyway, that's a little, yeah, yeah. That's a little side note. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Boston is, is certainly a city. I'm not going to say it's a good city, but it's a city. Um, yeah. 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 Well, what? So I think, I think we've already touched on this, but I think in the near future, so let's say Ovechkin, Backstrom, Mm -hmm. three or four more years of that. um, Mm -hmm. Is that reasonable? I I would say three or four more years of OV backy here, but I mean, mean, again, I think we're going to have to make some hard changes if we want things to happen. We need 
you know, better goaltending, younger players. We absolutely need to get Laviolette out of here. I don't care what anyone says. It would be really hard to convince me otherwise. Like, I would love to see him gone. I don't – I haven't looked into it too much. I don't know who could potentially fill in that gap Um, when Laviolette leaves. I don't know who we're looking at or, you know, if we're looking, but I can only hope – yeah. You know, we we need better defense. We need um, our scoring to increase. Like, we, we're so low on these rankings, like, out of all these NHL teams. Like, our Gosh. scoring, our goals for and goals against, like, we're just, <laughs> we're just so bad. Toilet. Yeah. Um, Remember when we used to have, like, the best power play in the world? <laughs> uh, it feels like a distant memory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back when we were in middle school. Um <laughs> Yeah, right? 2018? Yeah, exactly. Um, So if we got three to four more years, Uh what is it reasonable in that span to expect the Stanley Cup? Like, is that a reasonable expectation, or should it just be like, oh, let's just make the playoffs? You know, like, I don't really know where my expectations should be, but my, my thought is we should aim a little higher than... Maybe maybe just being okay and getting Ovi the record. What are your thoughts? What say you? This is tough because you know me and you know I'm a pessimist when it comes to DC sports. Uh, so yeah, guilty. As, yeah, as much as I want to say we should go for the cup, like, do I think that's realistically going to happen in the next few years? Uh, maybe no. not. Although you never do thought that a few can- years ago. That's that's very true, and I mean, you look at a lot of sports. You look at the Nats in 2019. You know, we were oh, awful and best you know, year of my life. Pointing, yeah, same. Series. Uh, <laughs> so I think should we aim for winning the cup? Absolutely. Like I, I hate this idea of us just settling to make the playoffs and make a first round exit because that's what we do every year. So yeah. I just that thought just irks me so much. I'm like, can we just get past? please um so maybe this year not making the playoffs will knock some sense into us i don't know yeah uh, i'm hoping for a cup win but i'm not expecting a cup yeah. win the next you know four or five years and i'm not gonna be devastated if we don't i mean it's kind of just i i want us to be good like because yeah the teams yeah. here stink and it sucks that every team stinks but i would like to be good like yeah. we're not yeah. that team that you just expect to roll over and die like we have sort of been the last couple of years like I want to compete and I want to be good um yeah and so I think that's a I, I also think it's a reasonable expectation uh to think we should be good next in the next few years um and so yeah I I agree I mean when you look at our players individually you you look and you're like wow this team is actually kind of stacked with <laughs> all you know all of these dudes but for whatever reason we cannot get this to work together on the ice we're yeah. old we're you know but we we have we have it we have it we have the potential um and i would just love to see us use that because i'm sad uh <laughs> sports sucking i need something to look forward to in well life. we'll get there i promise we will get there um all right well your words on this podcast i'm holding you to that <laughs> yeah well you can come back to this moment in time um uh, I just want to, yeah. You brought up the Stanley Cup. We, we both have, but I, I, I can't. I will never forget that whole run. So, it was twenty eighteen. Obviously, I was a freshman in college when the playoff run started, and yeah. at that point, let me just educate everybody uh, or re-educate everybody, except for you. You, you know what I'm talking about. They were had a reputation for being the biggest choke artists in the NHL. The yeah. Caps, they would be, I mean, they'd win President's Cups or trophies, um, and they would have, I mean, Ovechkin would lead the league in scoring, and Backstrom would be yeah. the best. He, he's, he was a lesser Sidney Crosby, which is not a bad thing. Um, no. And we just would show up in the playoffs, and it was the same teams every freaking time that we would run into. That we'd, It was the New York Rangers and the Penguins. And... Yep. That year we played Pittsburgh in the second round, and I thought, here we go. It's just we're, we're a good team again. Yeah. And we're going to run into Pittsburgh and lose. And we right. were up three to two 
heading into game six, and I was watching. I had Young Life that night, <laughs> um, and I came home and caught the end of the final five minutes of the third period in overtime, and we were tied at one. I think it was, and I was. I had no hopes because I was like, we're just going to choke. But we went to overtime and I was like, okay, if we score, we're going to the third round. The conference championship game or a series for the first time in 20 years. And I got all my friends. Guys, you realize how big a deal this is. So my room in college is filled with people who don't even care about hockey. But they are rooting for the Caps. And we see, and I'll never forget Kuznetsov just streaking down the middle of the ice in I did not I couldn't tell if he had scored because he couldn't see the puck go in. And I just all we could we all paused, we were like, what happened? And you can hear the the um what's that old announcer's name? Um used to call the hockey game, old guy. Anyway. I don't know. Um you know who I'm talking about though. Uh, oh, uh Doc Emmerich. Anyway, that's not important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard him. I I didn't know. I didn't see the puck go in and all I could the whole room went silent, and he, he said, he scores! And the, the whole room went insane. We got a noise complaint. It oh, was oh, just euphoric. I, I was, at this time in 2018, I was volunteering overseas, and I was living on a medical That's ship. That's right. I forgot and about that. I was so invested in this cup run, but I'm overseas. I have, like, no, no phone. Just to everything, like, I'm completely off the grid. Like, yeah. I like I'm in the middle of the ocean or the middle of the jungle. Like, there is no in between. And every now and then, we would like occasionally get access, and I would be able to use Facebook Messenger, and that was it. And I would message my mom. You know, my mom. She, if <laughs> any of you are listening to this and you know me well, she is the one that got me into hockey. And like, I mean, I owe her everything here. One of the best moms in the world. That's yeah, she she's great. Everyone knows it. Love Mama Orchak. Yep. But she, um, I would message her. She doesn't even have a Facebook, so I would message my dad's Facebook, and I'd be like, "Give this <laughs> mom," because no one else can you know give me a summary except for my mom. And so I would be like, "Mom," because I didn't even have access to like Google the score, so I'd be like, I could only send a message. And I I would ask, like, after every game, I'd be like, okay, when are we playing next? Time difference. I'd be like, okay, so that game will at 3 in the morning, so I'll have to pack afterwards and see the score. And, like, I would I would just keep track of it. <laughs> and it was just – Man. It was so stressful. And then finally our last game when we won the Cup, we were in an airport. And I, I'm, like, illegally streaming this on my phone. It's, it's like, so laggy. It's glitching. <laughs> and – I'm I'm watching as we're about to win the cup and like it freezes like right at the end. And I'm, <laughs> I, like, like the last like 30 seconds, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. Like Classic. And I and then it like catches up and I'm like screaming and crying in this airport and I'm in a foreign country and people are probably like, what is going on with her? Yep. Um, best moment of my life um on a laggy stream and unfortunately I was back in Hawaii after that. So I missed the parade and everything. But yeah. Uh, it, what a memory of I have never gone to such an extent to like see cap scores. I I didn't even update my family and be like, oh yeah, I'm alive. You know, I was just I was like, what's the cap score? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what. I mean, I did. I remember thinking about that when we were we were driving. It was so random, and it's random how I remember this. But we were driving to. The, we went to the watch party for Game 5 the night we won the Cup, yeah. and the party was yeah. at Capital One, so the, the partying in the streets. But yeah. I was sitting in the car on the way there, and I, I did randomly think, I'm sure Sarah Wojcik wishes that she could watch this because she's in, <laughs> she's in Hawaii and she can't see it, and I wonder if she even knows that they've made it this far. <laughs> I did, thanks to my mom. Um yeah, I would find out, you know, a day or two later how we were advancing in the playoffs, but <laughs> it, it, that was that was a crazy time, and I and then I also missed the Nets like parade too when we won. Where what? Oh. I was at Young Life camp with my kids. Oh yeah, I I went to that one. I didn't go to the Caps parade, but so, I did so go I to the missed Nets. both of them, and I was like, dang it, <laughs> hey, you may <laughs> never see it again. Yeah, yeah. So that just means it has to happen again in my life. Oh uh, yeah, no, I know. So um, <laughs> what a exactly. time! 
Yeah. What a time. We'll, we'll get there one day. We just, we're, we're speaking it into existence with this very podcast, so you're welcome, right. everybody. I, can I, I, so I can't get you out of here without asking you at least one question about your opinion on the impending sale <laughs> of the Washington Commanders that's been dominate, <clears throat> excuse me, dominating the town um, and the sports media market. Um, <laughs> it's been dominating my mind for the last, uh, <laughs> gosh... When did they announce it? November? Five months? Uh, it's all I've been thinking about, and uh, I think that it'll be the best day of my life as a sports fan when it happens. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the process, and what will your uh, reaction be when it happens? <laughs> I am totally with you. This is going to be the best day of my life. I I want this sale to happen so badly. I think... I think I sent you it on Instagram or something a while ago where it's like me, it's like me escorting Dan Snyder's plane out of like the airport and the guy, the guy's out there like on the tarmac, like he's like dancing and like waving the plane. <laughs> at like I'm like, that will be me out there. I'm, I am so stoked. I, I just, we need this. We need this for everything. I think everything will change morale, hopefully. And you know, ticket sales, enthusiasm. I, I'm really hoping that this will kind of change the game for the commanders. Uh, I, mean, I, I look at everything that's going. Have, I don't know if you've been seeing like our, the hype surrounding the XFL defenders. Yes. Um, My dad loves it. <laughs> I love it too. I'm like, if we can like translate this to the commanders, I will be one happy woman. I think, I think I, I haven't seen any updates recently. I think we're looking at two groups submitting like two six groups their bids yeah six um, billion yeah it's josh harris who owns the yeah. philadelphia 76ers um right. and the new jersey devils and then the uh this uh his name is uh steve apostolopoulos yes um that's a mouthful but that's the two guys that have submitted bids the name jeff bezos obviously keeps coming up but mm-hmm. yeah it's gosh it will be the best day i mean i i've told people my new rankings of top sports moments will be number, let's see, number five, I'm going to go with Thanksgiving Day 2012, RG3 against the Cowboys. Number four, <laughs> number four is 24, uh, 2012 against the Cowboys as well, but at home to win the division. Me uh, and Evan and Austin, who are, uh, for those listening, that's Sarah's cousins and our friends, the Gibbs. We all went on the field after the game. Uh, awesome. It was so awesome. Number three, well, two and three in no order is the Caps and the Nats championships. And then number one will be Dan Snyder selling the team. Yep. Um, yep. That's very sad. That's loser talk, but that's how losers <laughs> talk. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I'm just so I'm so pumped. I can't wait to go to it. I've been boycotting going to games since 28. Uh, well, last time I went was 2017, 16, excuse me. And I have not gone to a game since at a protest uh, for Dan Snyder. And even if they're not very good in the next few years, I will go just because I can finally, again, support somebody that's not the devil incarnate. Um, Is that a strong... I hope Dan Snyder's kids aren't listening. Actually, I do. Your dad sucks, uh, if you're listening. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, Oh, I... Jacob, I'm with you. Like, this is... This is history right here, I think... It, I grew up loving football before like any other sport. So yeah. I think to see, I mean, you know, with our family and stuff, to see all of like these exciting moments and to be so involved and then just to see the commanders previously, the Redskins just crash yeah. and burn. Like it's, it's sad. It's sad because you're like, this is what I grew up with and yep. you obviously want them to do well. And so we're coming back like, though. Yeah, I don't even care who buys the team. I I know that Snyder doesn't. I I guess he doesn't even have to sell to the highest bidder. He can pick whoever he wants. And yeah. at this point, I'm like, I don't even care who he picks as long as he's out of here. Um, him and Tanya, see ya. I'll wave goodbye at Dulles Airport yeah. because I I would love to see them gone. Yes, I will escort them. Uh, right. <laughs> yes. So. Um, yeah. Gosh. What a what a interesting time. In our sports, obviously, that's happening. Caps, Wizards, blech. and then the Nets are terrible. They lost seven to two today. That's funny. I have a bunch of friends. Down, so this is Braves country, and I have a lot of friends down here that are Braves fans. 
Excuse me. And um, they've been bragging to me about winning. And like, oh, we beat you guys. If you're a, a Braves fan and you're still listening at this point, which I hope you are, uh, it is the equivalent of you bragging to me that the Braves beat the Nats is like Hulk Hogan or no. Okay. It's like Floyd Mayweather bragging that he beat me in a boxing match. <laughs> Just clearly not even in the same weight class. Like the Nats are a triple A no, team yeah. and the Braves are an actual baseball team filled with professionals. Uh, that doesn't include the worst pitcher in the history of mankind, uh, Patrick Corbin. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that's a little tangent, but uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Wojcik, of course, the lovely Sarah Wojcik, back with us. Thank you, Sarah, for your time. Uh, yeah, thank you for your time, Sarah. I don't have any other questions. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure as always. I I look forward to it every year. Ah, uh, so do we. It's Sarah Wojcik. If you uh, want to look her up on Google, I don't think anything's out there. Uh, but don't do that because that'd be kind of creepy. Wojcik is Polish, uh, just like my heritage. In Polish, it's pronounced Wojcik. Fun fact. Yeah. Not Wojcik. It's Wojcik because C-H in Polish is uh, is the equivalent of just H. So anyway, uh, real lesson. But anyway... That is it for today's episode of the Jadava Show. Thank you very much, Sarah. As for Sarah Wojcik and myself, this has been the Jadava Show, and we will see you all very, very soon. Take care.